I made my wife think that I was cheating on her, but I wasn't. I never have. And it was all part of the plan. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell to turn on notifications. I hope you've got some time and a snack because this one is going to be long as the events that follow span from late 2019 to last week. So here's the backstory. My soon to be ex-wife was my high school sweetheart. We started dating in 1992 when we were both only 17. We're both 45 years old now. We've been together ever since. She's the only woman I have ever been with in my entire life. We married five years later at 22, fresh out of college. A year later, we had our first of two children, both boys, 22 and 17 years old. 23 years I gave to her. I built her a house, worked my butt off to give her the life she wanted. Sure, we had rough patches, but what marriage doesn't? Even in the worst of times, we found a way to pull through and come out the other side better, which made the discovery of her affair that much more jarring. Flashback to March of 2020 when I got the first feeling that something was off. For a good two months prior, we were in a funk. I was on the mend from reconstructive knee surgery. I blew out my ACL in fall of 2019, but still lacked in movement. At the time, I only had about 55% range of motion in my knee. This took a toll on quite a lot in the house. I was out on workers' comp as I had been injured on the job, and I was unable to do my usual household duties, so a lot got backed up. My sons would do what they could, but tasks that only I was capable of doing had to be put on the back burner, or my wife had to do them, which she wasn't pleased with. Things also crawled to a standstill in the bedroom between us. It had already slowed down prior to my injury, but in the state I was in at that time, it completely stopped. During these months, she, we'll call her Sue, was spending more time, quote, hanging with co-workers after work. Between November of 2019 and March of 2020, it was a regular occurrence for her. Naturally, I thought nothing of it. I've never, in the 23 years I've been with her, had any reason to worry or to not trust her. She has her friends, I have mine, and we have mutual friends. I'd go hang out with my friends all the time, and there was no issue. It was all above board. It was around January of this year that I noticed something odd. Sue started getting noticeably distant with me. Sure, we were in a funk, but she'd never deny me affection to that point. The usual hugs and kisses she'd give me came to a halt. Her phone was attached to her hand long before my suspicion grew, but she'd always share and show me things she'd discovered on the web. DIY ideas and recipes on Pinterest, memes, all kinds of stuff, but she was now being guarded about her phone. Even her interactions with me became more snippy, as if she couldn't be bothered. So we're now in March. COVID has arrived and New York City is locked down. Our chosen careers fall under the essential designation, so neither of us have to work from home. I'd just been recently cleared to return to work after five months on the shelf, and I was eager to get back after it, as five months on my butt rehabbing my knee and not being able to do physical stuff drove me nuts. For context, I enjoy physical activities. I am an avid martial artist and I typically am in the gym four days a week on top of all the home projects I did. Within a week or two of lockdown, my soon-to-be ex-wife alerts me that she's going to have to start putting in extra hours. Again, I think nothing of this because of her field. Of course, I was under the assumption that it'd be every other day, but no, it was every day. And not just an hour or two, she'd come home three or more hours later, go straight to the shower, spend a little time with me, a little time with our 17-year-old, the 22 
22 year old lives with his girlfriend across town and then go to bed. As I'm able to support myself on my knee better, we start getting intimate again. But as you'd probably guess, she wasn't mentally or emotionally present for it, which I noticed quickly. So by early April, the picture started getting clearer to me. All of the signs were pointing to the idea that she was having an affair. That's when I decided I needed to find answers. So I scoured the internet on things I should be looking for, signs of infidelity in one's partner. And sure enough, she was pretty much ticking all of the boxes on such behavior. So then my search inquiry advanced to how I find proof. It started with her social media. Looking at her Facebook entries from months prior, it's pretty much the usual. Pictures of us and our sons, pictures with her and her friends, and more than a few pictures of her nights out with co-workers. In these pictures, it's a mixed bag of her closest friends from work and a couple of folks who I've never met from her work. But I see one recurring thing in a number of these pictures. One guy. In every picture he's in, he's rather uncomfortably close to her. His arm is around her shoulder or his hand on her lower back. Way too close for a guy I've never personally met. Needless to say, that put a sour taste in my mouth. But that wasn't the worst of it. No, no, no. The worst part was the fact that apparently this dude is a friend of hers on Facebook and follows her on Instagram. So I go look up his Facebook account and wouldn't you know it, I'm blocked. Why the heck am I blocked from seeing this guy's Facebook account? But he's friends with her on Facebook. Yep. Now I'm in Batman detective mode. At that point, I wasn't even trying to deny it. I knew she was cheating on me with this guy. My mission was to find out for how long. And over the course of April and May, that's what I did. You know, I never had any clue the depth of information you could secure from a phone, text, and email records up until then. We have a family plan cell phone package and I was able to pull up quite a bit of data. My soon-to-be ex-wife's data history was telling. The two most frequent numbers she had interacted with from October of 2019 to April of 2020 was my mom and a number that I've never seen before. Take a wild guess whose number it was. A quick check on Google and I confirmed it was the dude from the photos who blocked me on Facebook. We'll call him POS because that's what he is. Again, the picture becomes even clearer at this point, but a lot of their messages and texts were disjointed, which meant she was deleting a lot of them. I knew she was cheating on me with this guy, but nothing in the data could serve as a smoking gun. I needed more evidence. It's at this point that I tell my best friend Oz what I had found. He asked me, did I confront her with what I had? And I said no, because I felt like it wasn't enough. That's when he told me about an app that I could download to apparently spy on her communications in real time. I won't say the name as I don't know the rules on that here. I got it installed, synced up to my data plan and waited. Within days of doing so, I finally saw it. A text string between the two of them talking about how much fun they'd had the previous night and making plans to do it again that weekend. Boom. Gut punch. To say that I was completely devastated was an understatement. I guess that moment counts as my D-Day and for the next two days after, I was just broken. I actively distanced myself from her those two days immediately after D-Day, which she was noticeably shaken by. She tried to console me and ask me what was wrong, but I'd brush it off and leave her presence. I couldn't even look at her. This woman who I gave 23 years of my life to, who I have given everything I could and more to as a husband, and she stepped outside of our marriage for a guy just five years older than our eldest son? By the third day, I wasn't even sad anymore.
anymore. I was pissed. I contacted Oz to let him know my suspicion was confirmed and he asked me if I had confronted her yet. My answer was no and I told him that I wanted payback. I didn't want to just divorce her. I wanted to destroy her. I wanted to leave her life in shambles and ruin her. It was going to take time to do so, so I devised a plan. In my readings and research on infidelity, I had saw a quote that resonated with me that went, the enemy of infidelity is unpredictability or something to that ilk. That was going to be the basis of my plan. I was going to make her life hell on wheels while also secretly planning my exit strategy. So we're now in early June and I've still got the app installed. Pretty much every night I'm gathering as much data as I can, seeing their back and forth messages. They're talking like it's a full-blown relationship they're in. S texting, lovely dopey romantic stuff, exposed images of each other, the whole bag. At that point, I had stopped looking at any of it. I was just collecting information and cataloging on my private FPS server. Meanwhile, I start doing things out of the ordinary. I start going out at odd times. I start coming home even later than she does. In her presence, I'm on my phone a lot more than the usual. And when she asks, what are you up to? I just simply say, just stuff and put my phone away. I'd also change my login information on everything so she couldn't access any of my stuff. Mind you, for our entire marriage, we've never hid anything from each other. But right around, I'm assuming the start of her affair, she changed her password on Facebook as well as on her phone stating that she quote, had to because of the security breaches in recent months. Yeah, really nice cover for hiding your affair from your husband. Anyway, I clued Oz into my plan as well as telling my older and only sister and two more of my closest friends as to what was going on. These are people I trust my life with and I swore them to secrecy. For context, Oz and I have been friends since we were kids. The other of our friends, Joey and Nina, we've known since high school. Make note of Nina. She comes into play down the road. July comes and my soon-to-be ex-wife is in full paranoia mode. She's texting and calling me a lot more frequently now, asking me if I'm going to be home when she gets home. When am I coming home? While she is, and I'm not, asking me what I'm up to, the works. I can see the seed planted in her head the month prior is starting to sprout, especially in her communication with POS. She's confiding in him about her doubt and confusion, telling him that I'm getting cold and distant. The nerve of this woman. In the interim of these interactions with POS, she suggests that maybe they should stop meeting up at our house because she has no idea if I'd just show up, confirming that yes, she's had this jerk in my home. Thanks, Sue. POS asks her in that specific communication, was she worried about me potentially cheating on her? Which actually pissed her off. I can't even begin to describe the level of joy and how many laughs I got out of reading that exchange. My cheating wife arguing with her affair partner over if she's mad her husband could be cheating on her. Oh, the irony. Now, bear in mind, I'm not hooking up with anyone. When I leave, I'm usually at Oz or Joey's, throwing back some brewskis, watching fights, and spending time with my bros, or at my big sister's house, hanging with her and my brother-in-law, who's like an older brother to me. My sister is 52 and her husband is 58. She had told him about my soon-to-be ex-wife's infidelity, but not of my plan. Couldn't risk it as he's a bit of a blabbermouth. Well, fast forward now to October. That's when things seriously pick up. I've been in my faux affair for three months now and Sue is hyper aware of the fact that I'm actively pulling away from her. It's been as long as the day I enacted my plan until the day she confronted me on October 20th, 2020. 
20 that I'd even touched her. No hugs, no kisses, no initiation of intimacy, nothing. Not like she needed it. She was still doing POS just at his place or at motels. So that afternoon, she calls me at work, which wasn't rare before all of this, but certainly hadn't happened in a while, and asks me to come straight home after work saying that she had, quote, something important to tell me. I'm not going to lie to you all. I half believe she was going to come clean about her infidelity, but she, of course, didn't. Instead, I get home to her asking me, was I unhappy with her? The absolute nerve. She cites the fact that I've been spending way too much time away from home. I didn't show her any affection anymore and our bedroom life has completely died. She tells me she's worried that I'm pushing her away because I was resentful of how she treated me the months I was rehabbing my knee. And then came the punchline. She asked if I was cheating on her. Folks, I fell on the floor laughing hysterically. And when I say hysterically, I mean joker laughing gas hysterical. On the surface, it looked like, to her assuming, it was me laughing at the notion of being unfaithful. But it was, of course, actually me laughing at the sheer irony of what was happening in front of my eyes. I'm tearing up pounding on the floor in complete hysterics for a good two minutes before I compose myself enough to answer. I sit up and look her in the eyes for the first time in months, shaking my head. I don't give her an answer. I stand up, brush myself off, kiss the top of her head, and go about settling in for the night. Later that night, as I'm in my office, I decide, you know what? Given the brevity of what happened, I wanted to see what she was telling him. So I fire up the app, and sure enough, they're actually texting in real time. She tells POS, I know he's cheating on me. I asked him tonight and he literally laughed in my face. He fell on the floor and laughed for like five minutes. It wasn't five minutes, obviously. He doesn't even care how I feel anymore. I don't know how or why, but he is gone. I know I've lost him. This is karma. I know it. The smile I had on my face reading that must have resembled the Cheshire cat. She was breaking. POS attempted to console her, saying that if I cared enough for her, she wouldn't have come to him to give her what I wasn't giving her. But the tone of her responses told me that she was having doubt now. ButcherBox is 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, all humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. And all of that delivered straight to your door with free shipping always. Imagine always having high-quality cuts in your freezer ready to go with no trips to the grocery store or planning out availability and knowing that it's food you can trust. There are curated to customized box plans at incredible value. Saving money at a grocery store is getting more and more difficult, especially when you're trying to get consistently high-quality meat. Sign up at ButcherBox.com jerk and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com jerk and use code jerk to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. She had the nerve to step out of our marriage because I wasn't able to fulfill my role as a husband due to a legitimate injury and kept the affair going for at that point nearly an entire year. But the idea of her losing me to another woman was enough to make her waver. What a weakling. Now, during all of this, I was also extremely extracting the second part of my plan for payback, getting all of my affairs in order financially. In September, I had met with a family attorney to get the ball rolling on divorce papers. With the mountain of evidence I've piled up to that point, New York is an at-fault state as far as divorce, and the overwhelming amount of proof that I'd gathered by displaying Sue's infidelity pretty much solidified I could nail her to the wall in a divorce case. My lawyer instructed me to get all of my financials in order in preparation for whatever division of assets might come as a result. I went one better than that, secretly pulling all of my money out of our joint account and putting it into my personal account. I also started shopping around for an apartment as a part of phase two. We're now in November and I've not changed my behavior. In fact, I've ramped it up. This is where my friend Nina comes into play. For context, Nina and Sue have never been what you would call close. I met Nina freshman year of high school, two years before I met Sue. Even way back then, Sue has seen Nina as a threat, as she's my closest female friend. There's always been an implied, I don't trust her from Sue regarding Nina. She's never addressed it directly, but it's obvious to anyone who pays attention. Conversely, Nina has never been a big fan of Sue. Early in me and Sue's relationship, Nina called attention to me how Sue was pretty much imposing herself into our little square of friends, whereas I didn't do the same with Sue's set of friends. That irked Nina because she knew why Sue was doing it. Her. Among Sue's circle, even now, there are no male friends aside from POS, whereas Nina is the only girl in my square. Nina has been stuck overseas due to the virus and finally returned to New York City on November 3rd. Oz, Joey, and I decided we are going to celebrate her return with a night at Joey's house for dinner and drinks. There was only five of us, Oz, Joey, Joey's wife, who is also Nina's sister, Nina, and myself. Sticking to CDC guidelines, we take the Rona very seriously. Nina, being the evil mastermind she is, is, comes up with an evil idea to trigger Sue. She suggested we take some photos in the same vein of the photos that I discovered of Sue in POS months prior and post them to my Facebook. And that's just what we did. It wasn't until the 5th that Sue got wind of it. As I'm guessing a few friends noticed my updates and saw how uncomfortably close I was with Nina. This really messed with her mind because she still believed that I was cheating. And I can almost guarantee she wanted to accuse Nina. But she knew that Nina had been stuck in 
Europe for the majority of the year. Still didn't stop her from attempting to dress me down that night for being so, as she said, handsy in the pictures. I saw this as a golden opportunity to deliver the lead jab for my knockout blow. I say, so what about the pictures with you and POS from last year? He was pretty handsy in them, but did you see me get bent out of shape over it? Deer in headlights. It was the first time I even mentioned the dude's name throughout all of this. The hamster wheel in her head started reeling in real time as she tried to explain away those pictures. To that point, she hadn't even known that I saw them. That's how little I use Facebook. When I actually do post something, it's like an event to people, which is why the pictures with Nina specifically got so much traction among our circles. And explain away she did. He's that way with everyone. He's just a really friendly guy. I can see how it looks but there's nothing there. I'm sorry if those pictures hurt you. I'll delete them. No, no, the pictures aren't what hurt me. The year that you've been doing the dude whilst lying to me that you're working extra hours and hanging with friends is what hurt me. But vengeance, as Lieutenant Commander Worf from Star Trek The Next Generation so famously said, is a dish best served cold. From that night, Sue was being extra specially clingy and attentive to me, like annoyingly so. She's trying to initiate affection and intimacy with me and I'd stonewall her at every chance. All the while, I'm still archiving everything she says to P.O. Mind you, by this point, I'd long since gone numb. Any desire I might have had to save my marriage was dead. I checked out the day I enacted the first phase of my plan. She's confiding in him that I've gotten worse, that she doesn't know what to do, and she feels like I absolutely and she feels like I absolutely hate her. I do. Then comes the bombshell. She says she can't see him anymore. The guilt is too much for her, and she feels like karma is suffocating her. She can't risk losing. Losing me. She says that she loves POS deeply, but she's still in love with me, and she has to save her marriage before she loses me. No, my dear. You're about eight months too late for that. POS loses his mind saying such lovely things as, he doesn't love you the way I love you, and you're making a mistake. You can't just throw me away like this. That text chain would be the last thing they'd have until about three weeks ago. Throughout the remainder of November into December, Sue is stuck in limbo. She's been trying to gauge where my headspace is and is still unable to tell if I'm actually being unfaithful. Meanwhile, POS is steadily blowing up her phone daily, but she's not responding to him. I'd see her check her phone often and then quickly put it away. Meanwhile, phase two of the plan was now officially complete. The divorce papers were done. I'd found me a studio apartment in Co-op City. New Yorkers will know the area. And I signed a two-year lease on it. All of my money was in my personal account. I was ready to throw my haymaker. So, we're now at Thanksgiving. My oldest and his girlfriend were hosting a small gathering of our immediate families. So them, oldest and his girlfriend, oldest girlfriend's parents, she's an only child, myself, Sue, and our youngest. We have a great night. My oldest's girlfriend is studying to be a chef, and she did all the cooking herself. This girl can cook, let me tell you. As I had to keep up appearances of nothing being wrong between Sue and I, I initiated affection with her several times that evening. Kisses on the cheek, cute little hugs, wrapping my arms around her shoulder from behind. The gestures didn't go unnoticed by her as she reveled in it. Bear in mind, this was the first time I touched this woman since I kissed the top of her head the night that she confronted me in October. So just about two months. Not gonna lie, I felt repulsed by doing it, but I had to. I couldn't risk the plan. And me being distant to her in the face of my boys and my oldest girlfriend and her parents would set off alarms. So my youngest decides he wants to stay over with his big brother for the night. So Sue and I head home. On the drive home, she thanks me for being so good to her 
and says, I don't know what you're going through, baby, but I'm here for you. I just had to hold off busting out into maniacal laughter again, but I responded saying, I know, I just need time. So for the first time realistically since springtime, we did the deed that night. I figured, why not? With what I'm about to do, I may as well get some action before I delete her from my existence. I won't go into detail, but it wasn't lovemaking. When I was finished, she was a lump of flesh laying there trying to figure out the direction of the truck that ran her over. No cuddling or anything after. I just got up, showered, and went to sleep in my office. To her confusion though, I used protection. The first time in two decades, I did. She was definitely perplexed by it, but she didn't ask questions. I sure as heck wasn't going to go raw knowing what she'd been up to with POS for months at that point. I wake up the next day and check my handy dandy spy app for the first time in weeks. She responded to POS. Dude went full novella. He professed his love for her. Said she was wasting her time trying to rekindle a flame in me that died. That she'd been in a prison with me for 23 years and deserved to experience the love and affection of a man who would cherish her. Mind you, this dude is 27 years old, five years older than our oldest son, and he's that sprung on a 45-year-old married mother of two? What a grade A high-quality simp. And what happens next is the most intense nuclear revenge you can imagine. But that is in part two, which will be the very next video here on the channel. By the time you're watching this, it's probably already out and linked at the top of the description, so check the link at the top of the description. And if for some reason it's not, subscribe and hit the bell to turn on notifications so you don't miss it. How do you betray someone that you've put your trust in for 23 years and they've put their trust in you? Did she just get so used to him that she doesn't see him as being something special or remarkable and she just assumed that he'd always be there since he had always been there? If she ever loved him at any point during these 23 years, why wouldn't she at least break up with him before doing all of this? Yes, it would be painful, but nothing like what she put him through where she would ultimately get found out anyway. I feel like most things like this in life end up bubbling to the surface no matter what happens. So if you're trying to be sly and sneaky and think you're going to get away with it. It seems like most of the time that ends up not being the case. Eventually it will come out. And I'm sure some part of her deep down knew that, even if she doesn't realize it in this moment. It's kind of surprising to me that he so quickly chose to go down this route of making her think that she was being cheated on also by him, the OP. But I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to dig the knife deeper and twist it so that he creates some sort of infighting between POS and her. But the one thing a lot of people seem to not agree with is the whole spy app thing. So that's my question to you. Do you think the spy app was going too far or is it somehow justified in this situation? And of course, jerk or not a jerk and why? Don't forget the story is not over. It continues in the very next video here on the channel. Check the link at the top of the description, subscribe and hit the bell. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories in this series, use the playlist at the top of the description. And next time you live stream, use the cream of the crop music. Search for cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you use for copyright free music to use for your stream. It's free cream of the stream. Either way, thanks a lot for listening. I'll see you guys next time.